Hello, it's Friday the 19th of January. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and I'm trying very hard not to think about His Majesty the King's undercarriage, even though the newspapers really want me to. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday we get our scalpels out and dissect the papers with varying levels of skill half-remembered from GCSE Biology. Expertly separating out the Daily Mail's veins from its arteries, masterfully exposing the Telegraph's spleen, accidentally cutting the legs off the sun. Whoops! Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. I drove all night. Prince William pictured looking sad behind the wheel and the papers are all over it. Reasons to be cheerful. Can you fill your life with big joy in just seven minutes a day? And like a prayer. Pope says sexual pleasure is a gift from God. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we must have been really bad at science at school, otherwise we'd have proper jobs and Rishi Sunak wouldn't hate us so much. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and with me today is journalist and rogue physics A-level graduate John Elledge. I also have maths. I could have made so much more money doing literally anything else. (laughs) I mean, what an error. Also joining us is comedian Finn Taylor, who's a bit more like me, scraped dual award science. Scraped. Scraped. Really got through it by the skin of my teeth. (laughs) So what do we have on the front pages today, John? So the Eye has quite a nice exclusive. Government orders inquiry into second post office IT scandal claims. So that should be keeping everyone busy for a, a little bit. Uh, the Times uh, has some data from Ofsted. Teachers locked in for their own safety, oh. which is about unruly pupils and no-go areas in schools, uh, which is a very intriguing story that, a uh, spoiler warning, we're not going to talk about again, so you might want to Google that one. <laughs> uh, then elsewhere in the broadsheets, I'm going to be honest, it gets a bit wary. Um, the Guardian uh, has Netanyahu, we will not accept a Palestinian state after Gaza war. That's actually not the most depressing one, though, because The Telegraph has NATO warns of war with Russia in the next 20 years. Oof. And a big picture of uh, the family Trump. Yeah. So it's, I mean, just don't read The Telegraph, I think. If you, <laughs> I mean, like above that, it's the words, hail the king's prostate honesty. So I mean, it's just like you. a little bundle of joy today, really, I mean, isn't good it? good God. Okay, Finn, is there any more hope in the tabloids? Um, well, the sun has a hair for you, Kate. Air for you, Kate. Oh, yes. And it's a really bad photo uh, taken on a very long lens of Prince William driving to, we imagine, Kate's bedside, who's in hospital. Daily Mail. Don't defy will of the people, Rishi warns the lords. Don't know what that's about. Same old Rwanda. <laughs> um, the mirror left to rot. This is about the dental health crisis. Um, kids not getting their teeth checked. But God bless the star. If you're depressed by the telegraph, read the star. Big photo of the Pope holding up some kind of biblical stone. And the headline is, thou shalt have rumpy pumpy. Marvellous. Marvellous. Well, look, come on. Let's eat our vegetables and get the serious stories out of the way before we can start having some fun. John, there are a lot of quite serious uh, international stories this morning. You mentioned a couple. It's incredibly bleak. So that Guardian story uh, is about uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, making a speech in which he said, Israel needs security control of all territory west of the Jordan, which map fans will recall includes uh, both the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Mm. Uh, the, The quote goes on, this collides with the idea of sovereignty. What can you do? Uh, it's important to stress here that he, although he's prime minister, he doesn't speak for the entire population of Israel, but it's nonetheless 
not a great sign for for peace in the Middle East, is it? Mm, very much against American policy as well. It's so. against everyone's policy. I mean, it's against the policy of a significant chunk of the Israeli population. He's very much on one extreme of Israeli politics, but their their bizarre proportional uh, electoral system gives gives uh, quite hard right wing parties disproportionate power, and mm. so here we are. But um, that's remarkably not the most terrifying uh, story in the papers today about war because of this front page story in The Telegraph uh, in which Admiral Rob Bauer, who is a Dutch naval officer and chair of the uh, NATO military committee, uh, has said that we must be ready for a war with Russia. He's actually gone as far as to praise Sweden for asking all its citizens to brace for war ahead of the country formally joining the alliance. Uh, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I wonder if like there's some so whenever this happens, I do start wondering if somewhere in NATO there is a, a budget negotiation going on. Like, is some tiny it's like Luxembourg talking about cutting its military budget, mm. and this is a and this is a warning shot. I don't know, um, but also on the Telegraph, actually, there's a there's a nib about a story which I've missed entirely until you mentioned it to me before <laughs> the show, which is that uh, Pakistan is currently bombing Iran. In retaliation for the fact that Iran has been bombing Pakistan. Yeah, just a little little wow. bit of bombing. When, yeah. did, when did that happen? Uh, that last start? few days, there's, Iran did a bit of bombing. It's over Balochistan, which is a very sort of volatile area that is partly in Iran, partly in Pakistan, partly in Afghanistan. Um, it just, it does all feel a bit 1913-y today, doesn't it? It's a little it? bit scary, yeah. Have you seen that thing? I get this on TikTok. It's people explaining history in like four stages, like and there's a cycle and like every stage is like a happy period and then there's like a scary period and then it's just complete awful and then it resets and everything's nice again. And this Sounds happens, like my relationship history. Yeah, <laughs> this happens like every century. And anyway, they always say that we're in the um, awful bit. Yeah. So I kind of believe it. It's, yeah. it's all about to go down. I mean, batten down the hatches for the war with Russia. And I mean, there is something on the domestic front as well that's probably worth a little oh, comment. Um, I'm afraid we slightly must. We've got Chancellor Jeremy Hunt uh, apparently planning some tax cuts. Uh, yeah, no, he told the World Economic Forum in Davos, uh, which I'm boycotting again this year, that the <laughs> direction of travel is still tax cuts. He said, as Chancellor, if I can afford to go further, I will. I don't yet know if I can. So what what that sounds like to me is he's like signalling to his voters, please, please, please still vote for me, please. Um, Also, my favourite thing he's done this week is he suggested that between here and the election, he might try and squeeze in two different budgets as a treat. (laughs) Why doesn't he just get it right the first time? I mean, if if he was going to do that, he probably wouldn't be a member of the Tory party, would he? I mean, isn't he quite in danger of losing his seat at the next election? So maybe he's just trying to get the whole complete the set. Now, as we know, we discussed yesterday, both the King and the Princess of Wales are in hospital. But the Princess of Wales is reportedly going to be in there for another couple of weeks while she recovers from abdominal surgery. Very long time. On several of the front pages today is a picture of the Prince of Wales, William, looking deeply concerned while driving his car. Now, Finn, uh, (laughs) William probably is upset about his wife being in hospital. But did the photographer just get a shot of him as someone cut him up driving into the car park or something? Yeah, no, I mean, it is a weird one. It's like I I wouldn't if I was the... um, Editor of the Sun, I, w- I would have thought this photo is not good enough to put in the paper it's because blurry, it's just so it? far away and blurry. Um, but obviously, the, the story is that the um, Princess of Wales is in hospital and they've not really said why, and mm. she's in for another couple of weeks. Um, but he's also, you know, I guess he's um, 
there's a, he's a pincer movement emotionally for him because his dad's also in hospital getting his um, prostate massaged. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Please tell me they don't have a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, on the Telegraph features. <laughs> King's looking like, what's going in there? Does That's look what's... quite happy. Yeah, um, mm. but uh, there's a big piece in the Telegraph about praising the King for his uh, honesty and openness in talking about his enlarged prostate and linking it to you know male reticence to uh, get the health checked out, etc. Yes, I think the Daily Mail has latched onto it and called it a campaign that they're now running about prostates um, with the king as the sort of hero of this. They've really gone big on it. They've also got this thing, online trolls attacking William for looking after his wife and children are so spiteful. I sort of am like, why why put that on the front page? And just sort of, it's almost like you're calling people out, like rallying people to do exactly that. Well, Well, they are. Yeah, John, okay, I want... I want you to look at this a little bit because, I mean, it is a pretty extraordinary front page on the Daily Mail States. There's two massive royal headlines at the top after their opinion pieces. There is a lot happening. I mean, what's what's going on here with these two pieces? So, yes, on the left, we have a piece by uh, the royal editor, Rebecca English, which is, I think, nominative determinism in action, uh, talking (laughs) about these online trolls. It doesn't actually name any of them. So yeah, I just want to give them the. Who's and, doing this? What's and happening? like, if you go on Twitter, you can find people expressing any mad opinion you like. If you mm. find like, because it turns out that in the human race, every opinion is at some point like we we've all we've all got a bunch of weird opinions, haven't we? And like, some people have internet connections, uh, so like, it doesn't mean anything that there's there's mm. some of these people doing this. The remarkable thing is, though, it talks about online spite, and it does it next to this column from Jan Moyer. Uh, which I'm just going to read the headline. The Sussexes are like two limpets sucking nutrients out of the rusty hull of the royal yacht. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is bananas. Yeah, can I I read you another line from the story? Please. Um, Harry and Meghan have been exposed as the Bonnie and Clyde of name napping, revealing themselves to be a pair of marauding banditos who mounted a raid on the House of Windsor and made off of a prize beyond rubies, the Queen's childhood nickname. God, I mean, she needs a cup of tea and a lie down, doesn't she? I mean, what the hell? It's just like if there is anyone in the in the, in the British media who is known for their spite, it is, <laughs> it is Jan Moyer. Um, also, the tagline for her column is amazing. It's, are you thinking what she's thinking? To which the only possible answer is, no, she's horrible. <laughs> horrible. I mean, it's bonkers. Of course not. I do sometimes wonder who all this is for. Mm, yeah. Like, it always felt in the old days, like the Daily Mail was very good at tapping into a certain bit of the British population that, you know, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that segment of society but it clearly existed uh and i'm just not sure these people do after covid yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's also it's just kind of the bizarreness of kind of trying to say yes you know we're defending the royals against a largely imaginary threat and here's a threat against some other ones i mean they've picked a kind of really complicated fantastical made-up narrative and they're really digging into it. I mean, like, to be fair to them, there is there is a thing which I've literally only just noticed above these headlines that says two big royal opinions. Well, yes. And so they, they are, I, it does look like someone looked at that front page at some point and thought we should probably acknowledge that <laughs> these things don't actually go together very well. <laughs> Now, over in The Guardian, Emma Beddington says she's never been mistaken for a ray of sunshine. That's a slightly misquoted P.G. Woodhouse line. You're but... really angry about this, <laughs> aren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> Acknowledge it. But despite that, she's giving happiness a whirl with a University of California project called Big Joy. John, 
macro joy, micro joy? What's what's going on here? Well, reading the piece, it feels like more a complete absence of joy, I have to say. It's like, <laughs> like this is one of those Guardian pieces where you think you read the headline, you think, oh, that sounds fun. And then you read the piece like, nope, not, <laughs> no, it's really not. Um, it does sound like, look, to be fair to Emma Beddington, she does say at one point that this is this project is meant to be bringing her joy. It actually just feels like she's being set homework. Mm. Like she was expecting, like, the, the you know, adding more joy to her life would be like, you know, meet a puppy, cuddle a baby, look at the sky. But no, it's like day one, celebrate another's joy. Fair enough. That's quite nice. Mm. But it's quite, you know, it's, it's not your joy, is mm. it? Day two just says you are a force for good. Oh, dear. Which is like, I, are you? Are, are any of us? It's just a low growl from Finn when you said that. <laughs> so, yes, we'll come to you shortly. On The email she gets on day three is about shifting her perspective. Day four, make a gratitude list. Oh, dear. It, does, it just sounds like admin. Day five, dwell in awe. Okay. Day six, tune into what matters. Day seven, this is the one where I actually think like this is what the whole piece was going to be. It's like, do something kind. It's like, well, why not just do that every day? And then you probably would feel happier. This is great. I've always wanted someone to just email me tea towel slogans. <laughs> <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Yeah, in my inbox every day. That made me happy. Do you have to pay for this? Uh, I don't imagine Emma Beddington did, but I don't think so. It's it sounds like it's a research project into what gives people joy. Like the apparently, like the average person who does this reports a twenty three percent increase in their joy level. Emma Beddington only reported a seventeen percent increase oh. in her joy level. Uh, but also, like she points out in the write up that, like you know, this is self selecting. People are volunteering to do this. Mm. So, like the sort of people who wouldn't do this, who may or may not be sat in this room right now, would it work? <laughs> the thing is, is that when anyone ever, when anyone tells you to be happier or cheer up, it makes you angry. Yeah, it makes me angry. I go, Fuck off! I'm fine. <laughs> I just have resting bitch face. Okay, but so so to have this like done by a Californian tech company. I mean, that's the thing that makes it creepy for me, especially as someone who has got a Californian tech person in the family. They don't have human emotions. They're robots. They're weird. They're, <laughs> they're, they're like quantitative data in joy, 25% increase. What the fuck does that even mean? Like you feel 25% more joy. How is that like qualified? The bit that the Bellington does say works, to be fair, is like, like writing down her emotions every day. She says, like, it's made her more aware of her anxiety, mm. but it has also made her kind of more aware of the positive things in her life. So, I mean, it does seem like it's maybe about putting her more in touch with her emotions in general. But there is a bit where she just starts thinking about her dead dog. Yeah. That sort of dominates it as a theme, really. I'd like to do the opposite. I'd like to make an email list just remembering all the shit things you've got to do in the day. <laughs> day one, your boiler's broken. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to do it on Substack. I'm decided. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think you're going to make it. It's called Big Pile of Wank. That's what it's called. <laughs> Can I just bitch about a DIY thing that happened this week? That's obviously not going to make the edit. Please. It's like I was. Uh, I've been trying to sort out stuff around my flat. It's like you know, it's that time of year. I've kind of come to the conclusion that unfortunately life does go on, so I need to fix all this shit. I was making a little stool to go with my desk, uh, and I buggered it up. Got two pieces that were meant to be detached from each other, so firmly stuck. I was hitting things with it. And I hope of <laughs> this didn't work, but in the process, I did shatter the corner of my ceramic hob. Damn it. Oh. So, like, in an attempt to repair this 40 pound store, I have broken a 400 pound <laughs> item of like. 
It did not bring joy. Did it not bring joy? Are you not kind of going to find joy in that? No, that's day three on my list of big pile of (laughs) one. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we love headlines. Love them. Love them. Well, most of the time anyway. Occasionally, we get a fantastic story with a shoddy headline. And this week, we found a story from yesterday's Daily Star. Now, normally, of course, Daily Star is a triumph, but they had an off moment. A new poll shows that out of all jobs, the people who think their workwear makes them look sexiest are plumbers. Um, Great story. Very interesting. The headline, plumbers are huge turn on. Come on. Meh, what's that? So we know you can do better. Send in your ideas with the hashtag FixTheHeadline to at PaperCutsShow on threads or Twitter. We'll read out the best ones on Monday and the very best will win a PaperCuts t-shirt. Nice and cosy in bed, team it with some fluffy socks or maybe with your plumber's overalls. Hot. So what headlines do we have in the papers today, John? I am halfway through finding out, so please forgive me <laughs> Sorry, if I'm yes. a bit ill-prepared. Um, so first off, uh, The Sun, page three, not what it used to be, has a story about how tea uh, is no longer the nation's favourite drink. It's been beaten by coffee. Uh, apparently three in five of us now prefer coffee. Only one in five choose a cuppa. Well, that's me. I'm the one in five. Uh, I'm, I can't stand tea. Oh, it no. Coffee gives me migraines. I'm literally on my fourth coffee of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Um, anyway, the headline, for brew the bell tolls. Oh, which is pretty good, pretty actually. Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, page 11. There is a story about how David Beckham's business team is waging war on the counterfeiters who are flogging fakes of his designer gear. There's, there's lovely pictures of uh, Beckham-branded sunglasses, aftershave, clothing, underwear. Mm, nice bit of free advertising. You're still not going to look like David Beckham in that underwear, lads. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the headline is Defend It Like Beckham. Oh, very good. Mm, yes, yes. Bit, these are pretty good. Bit of a 90s yeah. reference there. Lastly, one of those stories, which is, let's be honest, it's literally here so they can show a picture of a, a model with some flesh on show. Uh, model Giselle Bunchen looks far from sheepish as she shows how to keep warm. Get me honest, she doesn't look that warm. She is clearly in her pants. <laughs> I, 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 hot tip, trousers. Yes. <laughs> um, but she is wearing a big woolly, I don't even know what you call that, cloak. <laughs> uh, a, a, a sort of jumper that got out of hand. Anyway, the headline is... Giselle has big knit out. What does that mean? I read that without thinking it through. What are they going for there? Is it get your nits out? Is it that kind of thing? It is that might the vibe? Be. Oh, God. But or then it... having one big tit out is a weird thing that for a model. That is a bit weird. Or is also, it like her nits a... are the bit you can't It sort see. of sounds like a threat. Oh, yeah. do the washing up or I'll get my big tit out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me get the big tit out. <laughs> I mean, I think what we're learning here is they did just really want to run this picture. Yeah. yeah. Maybe big night out? Well, it doesn't well, work. Knit <laughs> and night are completely, like, completely different vowel sounds. Okay. Finn, what have you got? It's, pull it together. Pull it together. Okay. Finn, what have you got in the star? Um, well, Winston Churchill's false teeth are have gone under the hammer. 
Yeah. And there's um this is this the this is the the teeth that he said all his things with, which is the <laughs> <laughs> and presumably drank a lot of scotch through. Anyway, the headline is World War Two. And then there's a, there's a funny little sort of sub, I guess, called We Will Bite Them on the Beaches. Very good. Then again in the star, there's there's a story about uh, Paris Fashion Week. I never understand these fashion weeks. It's always like, these are like all the things that no one would ever wear. It's the opposite. <laughs> anyway, well, it's, the people, right it's people in, maybe maybe that's true. Maybe I'm going to the wrong clubs. Um, the, there's, well, the headline is dressed to gimpress and there's three people in increasing levels of balaclava gimp mask things. Have we um, heard from the Essex gimp recently? Yes, yeah, he's got a whole new job. I thought it was a Somerset gimp. No, there were no, two. There were two. Uh, I think the Essex gimp called out the Somerset gimp for misrepresenting oh. the gimp community, That's or possibly right. the other way around. Well, they've got three gimps in that Fashion yeah. Week pick, so, you know, they found another one. I don't know, the Huddersfield gimp or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining a gimp with a really broad Yorkshire accent, and now I can't. <laughs> <Hey up. laughs> now let's turn to the stories of the day that are either fun or flat-out terrifying. It's the features sections. And can we begin with the front page, actually, of our beloved Daily Star? Finn, what's the Pope done now? He's he's horny. The Pope has said that shagging is good. <laughs> Sexual pleasure is a gift from God. Um, wow. Pope's horny. Um, we should have known this, really. Maybe that's what the white smoke actually is. Dusty, dusty cum. Maybe that's what he's doing. Every time there's a new Pope, there's an old bloke tugging it away underneath the chimney. Who knows? But um, the reason he said this is because in the 90s, one of his cardinals wrote a book that was quite sexually explicit and then there was a kind of religious conservative backlash and for some reason it's resurfaced. Anyway, the Pope's out front saying, I back him, I'm horny, who's with me? (laughs) So this is Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez who wrote a book called Mystical Passion, Spirituality and Sensuality. Apparently it contained detailed descriptions of male and female orgasms, which, you know, is something for the Catholics. What it reminds me of is, you know, the way, like, you know, with teenage boys, they're, like, really obsessed with, like, the mechanics of sex because they haven't had any. Mm. And it's kind of, like, interesting and mystery. Like, if you ban cardinals from shagging, they're going to get to their 60s and still have that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Conservatives are very upset. They've said that it's perverse and that Cardinal Fernandez is unfit for his job. So they don't like it. It's all gone a bit Medici, isn't it? (laughs) I'd like to read his detailed descriptions of the female orgasm. (laughs) I think we'll save that for the extra bit. He's also, but the Pope has stressed that although, you know, uh, human sexual relationships are a gift from God, he's warned against viewing demon porn. Um, Other types of porn are fine, but demon porn is the issue. I mean, that does sound exotic. It's just occurred to me that somewhere on the internet there's going to be Pope-based porn. And I've never had this thought before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no. like, that will be a thing, yeah. won't it? That is definitely going to be a thing. You know what I'm doing after this? <laughs> um, and John, you found us a story from Brazil. Um, since we've just discovered that sexual pleasure is a gift from God, I think this might be a rather worrying transition. A lady with uh, an unusual family setup. Yeah, so this is in the mail. Uh, I'm going to read the headline. Woman who married a ragdoll admits their family life is complicated after she had twins and says her husband is stressed about providing for the family. And I think we do need to clarify here that she married an actual, not a cat that's a ragdoll breed cat. Oh, yeah, well, that would be fine. That'd be, that would be, that'd be fine. Too. I mean, that'd be yeah, pretty yeah. normal. I'd understand that. Yeah. She's married an actual doll. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is... <laughs> 
you kind of wonder about the familial relationships going on here. So the woman in question, whose name I'm about to horribly mispronounce, uh, Maravoni Roshan Marais, who's 37, uh, was complaining about being lonely. So her mother made her a life-size ragdoll. Mm. Uh, which is like, that's not what you want from your mum, is at it? Like, yeah, <laughs> at 37. It's not going great, is it? It's yeah. like, how's your love life? I've got a solution for you. So many other things she could have done. Uh, she's, <laughs> but she's called it Marcelo. Uh, and now they've had a couple of ragdoll kids. Uh, there's one. There's a one-year-old, Marcelino, and two newborn, newborn twin daughters, Marcella and Amelia. Um, apparently, uh, the woman in question... Uh, said that she's found joy in having a home filled with love, laughter and children. Oh and just to clarify, the children are also They're all ragdolls. ragdolls. I mean, yeah. it would be raising questions if <laughs> take up, somehow. <laughs> they take after the father. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, but apparently uh, Marcelo has been a bit worried about affording the bills. Uh, and in June, things turned sour when she claimed that he cheated on her for the second time. Jesus second time. I mean, like you would, you would think, like if you're the one good thing about marrying a ragdoll would be like, well, at least he'll be faithful. <laughs> and then fucking Marcelo. <laughs> I mean, that slime. <laughs> Finn, would you marry a ragdoll? Um, no. No. Straightforward answer. No. I approve. I'd marry one of those things you get outside um, secondhand car dealerships. Oh, yeah, the, the kind wind, of... The wind, the wind things. Wobbly things. <laughs> they, yeah. look, they look like... They're, they're, they're a lot of fun. Come yeah. home, come home. Whoa, hey! <laughs> yeah, I bet they nice cheat to on you too, though, with sleaze bags. Yeah, they would. Handsy. Yeah. Handsy things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John Elledge. Thank you. And thanks to Finn Taylor. Thank you. Join us in the Paper Cuts Supporters Club. Just three quid a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus Paper Cuts t-shirts and mugs. Head over to back.papercutsshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the US Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee might reclassify the potato as a grain rather than a vegetable because too many Americans think they're eating their five a day by chowing down on an XL portion of French fries as if there's not enough already to get chippy about. See you next week. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with John Elledge and Finn Taylor. It was produced by Liam Tate and Adam Wright with audio production from me, Robin Lieber. Music by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Designed by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. Group editor is Andrew Harrison, managing editor Jacob Jarvis. Executive producer Martin Boitosh. And Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>